You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 39. Yeah. So on today's podcast, we have our guest Colin Edwards. Colin is a young pastor and author of the book, Victory. Yeah. And listen, we definitely cover a wide range of topics in this episode, but it's just because Colin, for being a young guy, Colin has great perspective that I really think can help you through any challenging season that you're facing, um, just give you a sense of hope. So hopefully y'all enjoy this. I'm already saying y'all again, Collins from Alabama. Yes, he's from Alabama. You're going to love his voice too. So yeah, he, he definitely should start a podcast or something. Yeah. He's got that good, like Southern, Southern twang. Yeah. So cool. All right, guys. Well, here he is, Colin Edwards. Colin Edwards, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Hey, man. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of it. Yes, absolutely, man. We are, uh, we are excited to have you on the show. Um, I know I know, Jonna connected with you just a couple weeks ago, and so this is kind of on the fly for us. Yeah. What's up, Colin? <laughs> and if y'all can't tell, look, I'm already saying y'all. Y'all, because he's from he's Alabama. He's from Alabama here. I'm rubbing off on y'all. Uh, look, my roots are from <laughs> Kentucky. This y'all is natural. Uh, <laughs> really? My whole fam, really? Your family's from Kentucky, but like you grew up in, well, you didn't grow up in Kentucky. Right. But my family's from West Virginia and Kentucky. Okay. So it right. runs deep. Right. Whatever. Don't judge me. Is what it is. We're, so, we're still considered South compared to like, I guess. I don't The I, Northern I very South. rarely say y'all. I'm like, yeah. Well, it'll come, it'll no judgment though. No judgment. It'll come out several times here, I'm sure. See? Okay. We're good. Deal. Deal. So, so Colin is the author of a book called Victory. Uh, he he wrote it. You said you said two years ago, right? Yeah, that's when I started. Uh, it's finished it about a year ago now, and then the publishing process has been just Man, hard brutal. part of the writing journey because it's taken so long, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, so share with our listeners kind of kind of what the book is about, and man, let's just dive straight into your story. It's it's so powerful. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, it was birthed out of a season that I never wanted to walk, you know, growing up. I can honestly say I would, there were times I would lay in bed at night um, worried about my dad. And dad was never, dad was the one that I never wanted to leave. I never wanted him to have to deal with anything. It was just like a really solid relationship and I just really cherished it. But when he was hit with stage four cancer, it was like my worst nightmare had become reality. And so that marks the beginning of a journey um it was just brutal i'll be honest like that's i feel like this is a very fitting word very difficult very confusing i was 19 years old trying to battle college trying to battle juggle college athletics college academics being away from home for the first time and then bang hit with it you know mm-hmm. um so from that journey though that we walked that's where this book came from and uh i'll never forget the moment when i stood over my dad as he took his last breath uh i actually smiled and that won't make sense to a lot of people. A lot of people may even you know, think that's kind of twisted or distorted. But over that journey, my dad lived 23 months with the cancer. But over that journey, the Lord had taught me a new way of seeing. And when I watched him take his last breath, I understood 
that there was another breath that he took somewhere else and that it was eternal victory. It, there's no defeat in the story. There's no despair. Um, it's just victory. And so that's where the story, that's where the title came from. And I'm, it's already helping so many people and I'm so thankful for it. Well, I'm emotional anyways, but I'm over here. Like that gave me goosebumps because mm -hmm. it's beautiful. It's beautiful that you can look at death that way because of your faith. For those of you who don't know, Colin is a youth pastor down in Alabama. And I'm sure most people would hear the word victory as a title of a book and not think of losing your dad through cancer. Probably they would think he was victorious in beating it. So, right. yeah. And I guess the picture I want to paint is that he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even in death, even in death, like cancer is the one that lost the battle. I heard so many people say, well, you know, his, his name was Robbie. They'd say Robbie lost his battle to cancer. No, he didn't. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't lose it. Cancer is the one that lost in the end because my dad was healed and cancer dropped dead. And um, so there's that's the picture. Mm. That's the picture we're after. Giving me chills over I here, man. Know. I'm wow. Yeah. Well, so so Colin, tell us tell us a little bit about your dad. Yeah, he was a coach. Uh, he was a pastor. He was a teacher. He was a friend. He was a husband. Um, obviously, a father. Um, he just loved people. I would say that that's what he was known for more than anything. Uh, it, it's crazy because a lot of bivocational pastors kind of segregate their life with I do pastoral ministry, I do teaching, I do coaching. It was like all ministry to him. And he saw purpose in all of it. And he, he, you can even talk to some of his students now who were in his class four or five years ago. And that's what they'd say. They'd say that he loved people, you know, even in the midst of his journey. He just loved people. Yeah. That's amazing. So I got to ask, were you already on the path to becoming a pastor or did his passing fuel you to kind of carry it on? No, that was, that was already in my heart. Um, let's say he, I was, was night. I just turned 19 when he was diagnosed and I started, you know, I, I don't want to say I started preaching as if I just started preaching everywhere, but I, I did begin getting some opportunities when I was 15, 16, 17. Um, when I was 17, I was actually elected chaplain of my high school. My high school, it wasn't too big, probably had six, 700 people in it. So every day I was responsible for leading the entire school in devotions. And then on Fridays, I would lead services and I would help my youth pastor out. He let me speak from time to time. So kind of just stumbled in. But then when he got sick, you know, I would definitely say that accelerated the journey. That's such a big that's such a big job for a teenager. You you must have been extremely mature for your age. I mean, how did you how did you handle that kind of a responsibility? I had so many awesome people around me. Um, growing, you know, I'd seen that in dad for years. So even as a 13, 14 year old, there was something stirring in my heart for, you know, what was to come even at a young age. Even now I'm 24 years old, but like I don't know. There's just, there's so much more that's even in my heart now that people would say, you know, you're too young for that. Or, you know, what don't get in those deep waters this soon, but it's just, it's just in my heart. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't really necessarily think that I was like way more mature than anybody else. Um, I just really value faithfulness, uh, consistency. And I mean, if he puts it in me, he's going to be the one that carries it out anyway. So I just step and let him take care of it. Love that, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, yeah, yeah, over here. yeah, man. That's awesome. I, it, so, so, Colin, let's let's talk about thriving through a difficult season. You yeah. know, I I know you mentioned how that was such 
difficult season for you and your family, but how do you, how do you in a health, in a healthy way, react to a situation that you have no control over? Yeah. Um, situations can do, or let me start by saying this. I feel like society is, you know, over time just painted a picture of in some seasons, all you can do is hold on and wait for them to get, get over. Or sometimes all you can do is, you know, just hold on. I've heard people say like a hair on a biscuit, like just grab on there and hope the season passes you by. When all this was happening with me, I could actually sense the Lord calling me to a place beyond that. I almost feel like the Lord's heart is not for us to just hang on and wait for it to pass by. But there's actually a picture that we can grasp that says, you know, we actually rise up and actually, I don't know, rise up as victims instead of, I mean, victors instead of victim, if that picture makes sense. So the picture is not me holding on till the season passes by, but I actually step forward and overcome the season. Um, I think it begins with perspective. And if we can see, yes, the enemy brings stuff into our lives to hold us back, but the Lord is actually issuing an invitation for us to step forward and thrive in the midst of those seasons. It begins first with that. Beyond that, I think it takes tremendous courage. Um, You know, sometimes all we do is is waller up and crawl in a hole when seasons like that come. But courage is really birthed in those seasons if we'll allow it to. And um, man, you'll see something special happen. If we can get courage, if we can get courageous, we'll see something special happen. How, so for our listener right now, listening to you, not everybody, even if they do have a faith in God, not everybody has come to a place in their relationship with him yet where they hear from him. Yeah. I know we've talked about things before where we're like, well, we just really felt God stirring us to do this or to do this. And they're like, but how, like if he doesn't audibly speak to you, how? So for those people listening right now, can you kind of give them a little, this is probably a loaded question, but just a little insight into one, maybe how to hear from God, or if they don't yet have that faith, what is, what do you mean be courageous? How can they step through yeah such trying times as losing somebody like their father or loved one. Right. Well, if you set faith aside, um, you know, everybody wants to really experience life. Nobody wants, I mean, nobody wants a season to just knock us on our back for the rest of our lives. Somewhere within us is the desire to get up outside of faith, to get up and enjoy this life, to get up and make the most of, of where we are. Um, you know, the Lord's voice with me as a Christian, as someone who loves Jesus, like, I couldn't operate outside of his voice. It's like when he, it's like for me, when, when, when I know it's the Lord speaking, something leaps on the inside of me, something, something comes to life within me. It's, it's like inspiration. I feel like would be a good word to describe that. You just feel inspired. You all of a sudden out of nowhere, you have vision for the future. You have hope. You have something you can cling to that even when the day is hard, you know, you still have that drive to get up and keep going because there's something better on the other end. Um, I, I if I had to describe where his what his voice sounds like, that would be it. Vision, hope, joy. It comes right on right on alongside with it. That's awesome, man. I uh I'm curious to know because obviously as as believers, things get tough and uh and I feel like the enemy like really we almost put a target on our own backs for, for uh, you know, expressing our faith and going through things and trying to handle it uh, 
through in utilizing our faith, right? So, so what were some of the challenges that you faced during uh, during that difficult season uh, of your dad going through cancer? Um, you know, there's, I feel like there's a ton. Um, you know, my dad being so well known was. I mean, he was a pastor to many people. He was he was a pastor to people that didn't even go to his church. You know what I mean? He was just he just loved on people. So with that, there was a lot of eyes on this situation. There was a lot of people watching from near and from afar. Okay, this man who has professed God his whole life, this family that has stood in pulpits and on stages for a decade now. Let's see how they respond. You know, now that life now that life is really here, let's see what they're really about. And um, so you do, I did feel that pressure of, okay, you know, there's, there are thousands of people watching this and it was this odd pressure of, okay, we've got to respond well, we've got to represent the Lord well. But what I found in that, um, I don't feel like that pressure was from the Lord. I feel like it was like a, just this twisted way of thinking. I felt like the Lord was actually inviting me to get free of that. Um, And just even, it doesn't matter if people are watching, it's still just me and him in the journey. You know, and until I could get that kind, it took time. This did not happen in a snap, you know, until I could get that perspective to where, okay, yeah, there's a bunch of people watching. Yeah, there's this expectation on my family and on us and on me. Um, But in reality, it's just me and him. My dad preached this message so many times. It's all about an audience of one. And um, until I could learn to live that way, I was bound up worried about what other people were going to say about my response. I was bound up worried about you know, what their thoughts were going to be toward me, but it didn't matter in the end. Uh, I just, it's me and him, you know? Um, and that's when I really got free. I think that's a beautiful lesson for any of us to learn because I know I struggle and so many of us struggle, even though we're not in the public eye necessary with yeah. necessarily with worrying what other people think of us. And it takes away from, I mean, it's, it's a joy sucker. That's for sure. And oh. I don't know. I think that's a good lesson for anybody to really hear that. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what other people are thinking. I, I just, I admire you guys as pastor, as a pastoral family anyways, because I always think so many people, like so many people look at Christians and they're like, oh, well, they're extra judgmental on what Christians do because, well, aren't you supposed to be perfect if you're Christian? So like, man, my heart goes out to you guys for, for having to, I don't know, a, having to feel like you had to adjust your grief based on how people yeah. were watching you. Right, right, right. Another challenge I can say I face too to go alongside, you know, what you said. When when trial happens, when seasons like that come, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be, you know, this is obviously an extreme scenario, um, but it can even like be in marriage. Like when you know, you know, when you have conflict or when you have uh, issues and struggles that just come with life, you have these handful of emotions that you don't know what to do with. And, I, w- I feel like for me in this journey, I would almost like feel bad for feeling a certain way. Does that make sense? And I would like beat myself up for doubting if God would heal dad or um, doubt or if I got afraid and I was like, and I lived a whole day like afraid of dad dying, I would like beat myself up for that. So I had a handful of these emotions and I learned more than anything that, you know, we have a choice of what we do with those. It's, this is this is generic for all of life. We have a choice for what we do with the, these emotions. If we bundle bundle them up, shove them down somewhere on the inside of us, you know, you're never going to get free from them. Here's what I learned to do. 
if it was anxiety, I would actually present that anxiety as an offering before the Lord. And I would say, Lord, here, here's the anxiety that I'm experiencing. I don't know what to do with it. I need you to help me deal with this thing. Or if it was fear, or if it was worry, or if I even stumbled into pornography in this season with my dad, just because mm-hmm. I tried to cope any way I could. And sure. so that was just another emotion. I could sur- actually surrender that to the Lord and say, Lord, like, you know, worry, here's fear, here's lust, here's, here it is. And it's an offering. And he, I've learned that he is a lot better at dealing with those things than we are. And, uh, oh, absolutely, Colin. So, gosh, man. So I, I, I went to a Christian university yeah. and I will say that because I'm a guy who, who typically, the whole notion of, hey, just give all your problems to God. I used to just be like, oh, how lazy is that, right? And sure. even even going to a Christian u- university, I remember, you know, there would be it would be my my senior year, and I'm like, okay, cool, hey, hey, buddy, what are you doing after college? Oh, hey, man, wherever God leads me, I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, you got to do something, right? And so I brought that attitude into into the real world, yeah. Just thinking, okay, cool, you know, God, I would give this analogy. It's it's almost like you're you're jumping in the water right in in the middle of an ocean yeah. and like some people i i felt like were like nope i'm not even gonna move my arms or tread water i'm just gonna just hope god's gonna save me and yeah, that, yeah. that that notion really bothered me mm-hmm. and so i will say that to say i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum is just a total fact because since we have really been tested and God has literally just been like, okay, well you say you trust me, but like, let me actually show you what it means to trust me. Yeah. Uh, I am 100% with you. And there have been so many things in my life where I've literally been like, cool, I'm letting go. I am literally yeah. letting go. Isn't it liberating? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just wanted to offer my perspective because I was the guy who was like, oh Lord, everyone says that. Just give it to God. And I was like, yeah, but man, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, no kidding. And it's not like we're throwing it on him never to look at it again, but he actually right. takes it and teaches us how to deal with it at the same time. Yeah. So it's yeah. beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move forward now. You mentioned marriage a little bit. And yeah. even though this is a marriage podcast, we don't always, it doesn't mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, so your dad passes away, and then a couple months later, you meet a girl, right? Lauren? I met a girl, yes. She's an awesome girl named Lauren. Yeah, Awesome girl named Lauren. Oh, hi, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) And then fast forward to eight months later, you're married, right? Quick, real fast, yeah. Yeah, Tell me about that. Tell me how that all... Yeah, dad died in November, and um, I met Lauren in uh, last week of June. Went on the first date, first week of July, married March. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it was quick, very quick. I don't recommend. I, I don't go around recommending that to people. But wait, I just got to know: is it because she saw your video? No, did that, she see your video? No, right. it wasn't that. No, 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 no. I uh, yeah, I was real smooth with it, and. Uh, she, we took a picture at camp and I said, you know, Hey, you probably need to send that to me. So I had, oh. to yeah, so all the people listening, take that as a tip. You're welcome. That, there you go. All you single people listening to this marriage podcast, right. write that right. down. Yeah, you if you're married, don't, don't try that with anybody, but right. <laughs> right. that, well, okay. So we don't hate on that. We got married fairly quick, not as quick, but we kind of knew each other beforehand, but, um, so we don't, we don't, that's good. So, so, but we also know that marriage is freaking hard, no matter if you wait 
eight months or eight years to get married. So tell me about the challenges I know that you had to have faced in that first year. Yep. Um, you know, still, I mean, I know you're always getting to know each other, but I really feel like because we married so fast, I was still just barely getting to know her. I learned some things pretty quick on the comical side of things. She doesn't like it when the shower curtains left open. <laughs> my clothes, just little things, man. Oh man. I tell you what, my clothes need to go in the hamper just next to it. Oh, <laughs> we're still working on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, just next to it's good enough for me. Oh man, I'm a, I'm in agreement. But uh, dishes need to be in the dishwasher, even if it's just a cup, it needs to be in there. So True. we're like, you know, and I've, I've I've had experiences on my end too, where you know you got to compromise and kind of just work it out. Life's a lot bigger than some dishes in the sink, if I do have to say so myself. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, another challenge on the front end of it too, you know, being so so close to dad's, you know, dad's passing, that was still pretty raw. And I know you saw the spoken word and, you know, I was very outspoken about what the Lord had accomplished, you know, in my heart and stuff. But there was that doesn't mean that there was no struggle still doesn't mean that I was you know absent from difficulty or whatever. One of the hardest things was just simply Lauren didn't get to meet dad. And um, just uh, just like a gut wrenching thought when it when that first came, I met her and I was so excited and I was like, there was a, just to be honest, there was times I even picked up my phone and I would go like text dad to like let him. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's come. So mm. it's like just this tough battle of this celebratory moment, iconic moment, moment I've been looking forward to my whole life and he can't be a part of it. And um, so, you know, with that being so fresh, that was a tremendous, tremendous struggle. Uh, but I'll go ahead and share the story, too. I was I remember I was in the kitchen one day uh, in my old house and I was just really struggling with the fact that dad wouldn't get to meet Lauren. And it was, it was something I prayed about often, something I would just kind of like we talked about, Chris, throw it on the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. um, Lord, I'm struggling with this and I need you to help me with this. And um, I remember I was walking through the kitchen one day and I heard the Lord speak to me and he said, I, I told the Lord first, I said, Lord, I really wanted dad to meet Lauren. And the Lord spoke back and he said, he will. And it was a moment I was like, it was like a, there's nobody in the room, but I felt like a bowling ball just dropped. I was like, whoa. You know, here I was living this life of feeling like this dream of mine had been stripped when it will entirely be fulfilled a thousand times better than I could ever have imagined it. So from that moment forward, uh, I began to get freedom from that from that bondage. And, you know, those moments still come where you're like, ah, you know, I took a new job. We bought a house. It's like, oh, I really want dad to be a part of this. But, you know, there's going to come a day where we can tell him all about it. And so I, I kind of live from that place. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, just just a an eternal mindset, right? Looking looking forward into the future, and you know, I'll actually bring this example up. So, gosh, marriage, life, different seasons, death. So many things bring so many challenges along yeah. with them, and I think it was. I think it was just a, even a few weeks ago. I was having a really difficult time, and. And Jonna was telling me, she's just like, you know, like you have to remember, this is just a blip in our lives. The things we're going through right now are just a blip in our lives. And so having, having an eternal perspective and realizing that like, you know, life's a roller coaster. Like we're supposed to go through difficult things. If life was easy, it it would surely be pretty boring, you know? And uh, I love, I love how at your age, you know, and being, being newly married and all those things, you're looking at life with an eternal perspective and not just looking down on this as, as something negative that is, uh, is going to be something you're, you're missing forever. 
Yeah, absolutely. If we, I just feel like it would be a really miserable place to live with that short-sighted, you know, vision. I, yeah. I don't feel like I could stand it very long. There's got to be some sort of hope that we can hold on to that keeps us going, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, life's never going to look exactly like what we think it is. So getting over that whole notion of expectations has been a big thing, <clears throat> small and big for us in our lives, because we definitely got married. I mean, we'd been together two years. Actually, tomorrow's our engagement anniversary. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Congratulations. We, don't, we, we don't have to celebrate that, honey. I'm just letting you know. Oh, my Lord. Too many dates. I'm just letting you know that we got engaged seven birthday, years ago tomorrow anniversary, oh yeah i don't remember all of that but oh hey, yeah dude, it was may what? let's go ahead and test colin since his ladies to his uh left there hey, colin <laughs> what was your dating anniversary uh july the third oh we were july 8th was what, that was, what, what, what was your i've been corrected we were july 8th. she just yelled that shut up uh, that was ours july 8th. I, only you guys were still in high school <laughs> dude no further questions see he got it wrong too yeah, I'm, but I'm telling but you. But isn't that exciting? I'm so weird with like so weird coincidences, with and I just think they're always interesting. Chris makes fun of me, but that's cool. July eighth. Yeah, Wait, it. what year? 2017. Thank you. She didn't tell. Pretend she didn't tell me that part. <laughs> she, she did not tell you that part. Sorry, okay, we're 2011, but dating. Dating. I, I would have been long time. 15. Oh my gosh, 15. you were just starting out your preaching career. Yeah, I was. Then, oh, and yeah. then when you guys started dating, we were on our second kid. So life is weird. It happens yeah. really fast. Yes. I forget why I was talking about that, though. So, okay. Well, so I had we, a question. No, but I was already okay, telling you. Okay, you take a question. No, so actually, I really do forget my point. I was talking about how we got married pretty quickly and just life did not look like what we expected marriage and life to mm -hmm. look like. We got married within five months of being engaged, though. So we still... He graduated college, moved here, yeah. we got married, got a place, and it did not look like what I had pictured it to. Yeah. No. No. And now I talked so much about side stuff, I don't remember my point to that. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, Colin, I am... First off, I have to clear my throat every 10 seconds right now. <clears throat> yeah. Hang on. Oh, uh, look at her. I'm such a good wife. What a sweetheart. Anyway, so, so Colin, who, who is Victory for? Who, who is this book... Yeah. Um, you know, I would say it was tremendous healing to me to start just to write it, you know, just to relive the journey, just to walk through it all. Obviously, I didn't just write it for me. Um, but I, I told people before that if I never sold a copy, it would have been worth writing it just for what the Lord accomplished in me while I was doing so. Awesome. Um, beyond that, uh, my prayer is that it brings healing to my family. Um, that my mom would, and I know she already has, you know, just received such tremendous healing to see things, not the way that I do, but the way that dad did, you know, mm. to see things the way he did. And um, it, beyond that, it's for, it's for the one who can't see the light at the end. It's for the one that doesn't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning and, and step, even if all hell seems like it's breaking loose. Um, it's, it's beyond a story of cancer it's beyond that it's someone who it's for someone who has walked through trial everyone um and it's to bring victory to their lives through this story that's awesome man that's awesome so so let me ask you this and uh, it's hard to it's hard to say this because so i know that people listening to this that are like this dude is far and away way too religious for me yeah right mm -hmm. <laughs> so so is is your book 
I mean, is the pre-qualification here like, oh, hey, like I'm I'm a Christian. And I should be trusting in God or or is there an element of like, no, like I really think this is something that can help you yeah. see God's presence in your life. No, it's totally that um, it's there's not a lot of spiritual jargon in it. Um, it's just raw. It's just this is what happened. This is what you know, this is where I was. This is where I am. This is the invitation to a better life. You know, this is this is victory like if you want it here it is you know um it, it really is an invitation to people of all ages i've had young people read it, young people 12 13 years old read it and just wow. grab a message from it um it's jam-packed with stuff i mean here it is i've actually got it right here um mm -hmm. 130 something pages but man it is full it is full of, of really awesome messages that the lord has just done in my life and done in my family's life through this journey that's awesome man yeah that's, I feel like I like can't catch my words today because I'm like, it, I don't know, it's an emotional topic, but I'm, I'm just, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by you. I think that's so, it's so good. And I'm, but I, I can't help but think about our person who's listening, who maybe is going through this. And, and I know I've gone through a time where I felt like God didn't hear my prayers because he didn't heal the person. Yeah. And I guess, how do we how do we work through that with somebody who doesn't understand why God heals some people's cancer and doesn't heal others or other illnesses? Yeah, no, that's tough. That's extremely tough. And, you know, we never want to shove that person to the ground or we never want to make that seem less than it is because that's a real, real, real struggle. But, uh, you know, Chris, I think it goes back to what you said about being short sighted. If we can't if we can't see beyond this life, then we'll struggle. We'll never we'll never we'll, we'll live in struggle. We'll, struggle will consume our life. Um, you know, I really think it's that mindset, it's that perspective. Um, I think it's why we're alive. Um, there's just such an invitation every day to wake up and see beyond what we see with our eyes, and actually let that influence what we see with our eyes every single day. You'll see people differently. This is not just cancer. You'll see, you'll see people differently. You'll love them because you know that there's something that's to come, you know, that they need to be ready for. You'll, you'll see situations and life circumstances different. They won't push you on your back like they used to. You'll just keep walking. You know, each day is just in my, it's a cool story in my dad's classroom. He had the word opportunity written everywhere. That's what each day is. It's opportunity. But if we see nearsighted, we'll, we'll never experience it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, I just figured you're going to speak on that because oh. that's like you're kind of a. No, yeah, I, I love that. I, I guess my thing is I'm, I'm still trying to get to the basis of like, you know, what do you say to somebody who is, who is, who's going through this, uh, but, but, you know, God, God's not in sight. Yeah, no, that's tough. That's a tough question. And I feel like you just answered it, kind of, but, but, uh, like, I guess the whole, the whole truth about our podcast is we're Christians. We, we are not afraid to share our faith, but in the you know first 20 episodes of our show, we were so focused on, okay, what does personal growth do in your life? What, what, what can we do to optimize our lives in these ways, in these ways, in these ways? And we've always looked at it as the things we've shared are, you know, tools, tools that are on earth for a reason and, yeah. and they do help. But ultimately I think God just smacked us in the face and he was like, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, look, like personal growth is one thing, but I got to tell you, I mean, 
I'm the answer, you know? He and literally so, told me like, Hey, personal development did not save your marriage. Personal development did not save your true. life. Like right. don't, don't be putting that out there. Like this is the only way to happiness here. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. It's, I mean, it is, it's, um, you can't, you can't afford to separate the two. You can't give something credit. If, if, you, if we live just saying that, like, you know, anything outside of the Lord or, or God or, you know, is going to bring that fulfillment, then you're leading people astray. And uh, it's so cool to see you two just grasp that and to see, you know, our family and, you know, just the people like just really you know, on the journey to grasping that thing. Like, you know, it's way beyond that. And to see yeah. anything short sells ourselves short. 100%. I think that's why for a while, and this is just a side note, we were starting to feel kind of like we were all jazzed up about doing our show because yeah. we really felt like God put it on our hearts and this is what we were supposed to do. And then probably around then it started feeling kind of like forced and stale. Like, wait, why, why aren't we feeling that? And I think that's when kind of like what we talked earlier, you said it's like, I, I described it as God just kind of like dropping something in my head, like a thought into my head, like, whoa, whoa, what are you even doing? Like, but I think the whole reason we had good intentions was we didn't want to, we want to invite people. We don't want to turn away. Cause I know before I was a Christian, I did not, before I was a Christian, I would not have listened to a podcast, a Christian podcast, you know? Sure. So yeah. I think that's where we struggle with. We want to make sure we're still talking to people who may not be there yet, but we will obviously, the ultimate goal is to invite them in, I guess. Well, to the one who, you know, is hearing all this and is like, this is just like foreign. This isn't, this is yeah. right. But I, I would say that like, even like, even personal growth that you are talking about, even the message within this book that I've written, there is something about that, even to someone who hates God, that is exciting. There is something that even to the one that is so far that says, has said their whole life, I want nothing to do with that. Here's something like this and says, okay, maybe I do. You know, if we, if we could get the spiritual stigma out of the question and actually paint the picture for what it really is. And that in one word, it's life, life, not just miserable life here so that we can get to heaven one day to experience what true life is. But there's actually an invitation to abundant life here while we're on the earth. And uh, anybody who's anybody would be excited about that. What, you know, to live, to truly understand what it means to live. I think you're so right because going through any kind of trials and not having God oh. is so painful. I've been there and, and, and like, I didn't want to live. I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had a reason to. And so when I did hear something like this, even though I said, I don't want anything to do with this God thing. Don't talk to me about him. The The invitation was, wait, there, wait, I could, this person got through that. And this is worse than what I've gone through. Like yeah. that is, it's hope. Yes, it is. It's hope. One word. It's hope. That's good. Yeah. Good. It's good stuff. We're going deep. <laughs> we are going deep. I like it though. I, well, it's interesting too, because we've literally, how the, the guests have been coming about lately, all of them have been believers ever since we've kind of shifted our focus. Yeah. And we, of course, I mean, we pray about our show and we pray about the people that are going to be on it. So, I mean, it's just little and big. If you ask, he's going yes. to make it happen. So, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so let me put you on the spot, Pastor. Uh-oh, Pastor. Sorry. If you listen to our show at all, you know I do this to people all the time. 
Like you can't have a, a phone a friend over there. Well, you know, we always ask on our show, like, well, well, what's the what's the action step for the listener now that we've talked about all these things? What's the what can they do as soon as they turn off this episode and and go on with their day? I, and I know we've gone ping 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 through a lot of topics here, but but what is what is the action step for yeah. somebody who is listening to this? Who is like, yeah, this guy is religious, and I guess they're Christians now, and this show's yeah. getting weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, everyone on here is dealing with something. Everyone. I don't know how many listeners you guys have. I don't know what the demographics are, but no matter what, Jesus promised we would deal with something. You know, um, to the one who said this guy's crazy, uh, I would just say give it a chance. I think that's the action step. I can confidently say that apart from the Lord, you know, life may seem all right for a little while, but there's going to come a day to where you're going to realize that, you know, this is apart from him, this is nothing. So um, I don't know if a trial run is the right way to (laughs) (laughs) Right. 30 day trial, totally free. There you go. Uh, No, but I mean, give it a shot. You know, you'll, I can go ahead and tell you what you'll discover. You'll just, you'll discover that it was worth it. Um, you'll discover that there is purpose even in the pain. You'll discover that there is reason for you to get up and take your first step in the morning and live your day embracing it, whatever comes with it. Um, and then from there, you know, you'll, you'll discover joy for the first time. You'll discover what, what life truly looks like for the first time. And from there, you'll look back and say, man, I'm thankful for Chris and Johnny and Colin who told me to do this trial run. (laughs) Oh, I can only hope that brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it because that's, I mean, that's the goal. Well, so let me address what you said. So, I mean, if we can look into pop culture right now, I mean, look at Kanye West, look at Justin Bieber, look at Brad Pitt, look at all these people who have everything, right? Life promises us that if we have fortune, fame, and status, we will be happy and they have fortune fame and status yeah and yep. what did the, where where did they end they yeah. ended with being like there's something more there's yeah. there's something more out there so absolutely absolutely yeah. Steve Jobs said something about that did, did y'all see that quote oh dude are you talking about that status of Steve Jobs where he he's really skinny yes uh, and one, he man. is yeah. oh man sitting on let up and read that yeah, <laughs> oh, God, i love that status. i'm gonna cry Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Oh man! If you can find it, I've got it right here. I think. Um, oh, dude, it's powerful. I, I can't find it right now. I don't know. Even though, I think Steve Jobs was a Buddhist and ended oh. up. I think he was a Buddhist. Um, in the end, regardless, he still realized that all this stuff he had spent his whole life for can't go with him. You know, yeah, that's correct. 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 Like, that's what it comes down to. If we can just. If yeah. we can embrace that, we'll spend a whole lot less time trying to accumulate something here that ain't going to go with us there. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, right. Man, oh. we should find that really quick. You can, you can look for it because I'm going to even – I'm going to switch gears for a second because – It's okay. Chris, I keep telling Chris – well, you're a male too, so I don't know if your brain works the same as his. his. He thinks we always have to be this is a topic and this is a structure, but a lot of our listeners say we sometimes we like to just hear conversation and kind of feel like we're in the room listening to you. So yeah. I'm going to vote that. Our people don't care right now because I'm going to hop to something else. Go ahead. So we don't always have, we haven't yet, I don't think, had anybody on the show that, just kidding, time out. Chris has found the quote. found it. All right. So Steve Jobs said, I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. 
In others' eyes, my life is an epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, wealth is only a fact of life that I'm accustomed to. At this moment, lying on the sick bed and recalling my whole life, I realize that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of impending death. In the darkness, I look at the green lights from the life-supporting machines and hear the humming mechanical sounds. I can feel the breath of, of God of death drawing closer. Now I know when we have accumulated sufficient wealth to our last our lifetime, we should pursue others' matters that are unrelated to wealth. should be something that is more important. Perhaps relationships, perhaps art, perhaps a dream from younger days, nonstop pursuing of wealth will only turn a person into a twisted being, just oh. like me. God gave us the senses to let us feel the love in everyone's heart, not the illusions brought about by wealth. The wealth I have won in my life, I cannot bring with me. Hmm. What I can bring is only the memories participating precipitated by love that's the true riches which will follow you accompany you giving you strength and light to go on love can travel a thousand miles life has no limit go where you want to go reach the height you want to reach it's all in your heart and in your hands what is the most expensive bed in the world a sick bed you can employ someone to drive the car for you make money for you but you cannot have someone to bear the sickness for you material things lost can be found but there's one thing that can never be found when it is lost life. When a person goes into the operating room, he will realize that there's one book that he has yet to finish reading. And that's the book of a healthy life. Whichever stage in life we are at right now with time, we will face the day when the curtain comes down. Treasure, love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends, treat yourself well, cherish others. And that is ridiculous. Woo! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah that is good. Like, yeah. Thanks for finding that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so sad, though, that everybody's kind No, I feel like none of us realize how fast this life really is going to go. Yeah, and so everybody thinks they have time. And I don't know. That's just, I, I wish, I, it kind of sounds morbid, but I don't mean it to be, but I sometimes wish I could start a podcast all about interviewing people on their deathbed to ask them about, like, what's going through your mind right now? What would you do over? Because we're all going to be there someday, just like he said. Yeah, you may be onto something there. I will. I just don't know how that would work. I'm really emotional, and I just don't know if I could make it through interviewing dying yeah. people. But no, oh, that would be something. I would. I would. Yeah, we'll see. That Maybe in something. the future. Now I'm going to dive on to what I was going to say before, which lightens the mood a little bit. But we've never talked to somebody yet that's not in our life stage or ahead of us. So I want to know. Oh gosh! Oh, I want to know. everywhere. Okay. I know, but I can do what I want. Okay. You can. This I want to. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what what you guys are doing right now in your marriage because you don't have children, right? That's correct. No kids. So, what are you doing right now to grow together as a couple and kind of like prepare yourself if you plan to have children for that season of life? Yeah, um, it's actually you know something. We talked about it, like kind of what we wanted before we even got married. I think that's a very healthy thing to talk about. Like, <laughs> you might want to be on a similar page on if somebody wants kids or not. Yeah. Skip it. Marriage 101 right there. All right. Right. Um, as far as what we're doing to prepare, um, you know, we're not, I'm not studying, of course. I'm not even reading books. Um, I have learned, you know, and I, I got to be careful here because I don't want to say that preparation is bad because it's not. It's absolutely important. But I'm, I've learned that the Lord, there's like just like a grace for the season. 
Does that make sense? That there's like a, I've heard people say over and over again, you know, you're not ready. You're never going to be ready. If you're going to wait till you're ready to do it, then you're never going to do it. True. Uh, so I just kind of embraced that and trusted that and said, you know, you know, when the time comes, we there will be steps that we have to take to learn. Uh, but until then, I, we're investing into each other. Um, we're growing together. We're staying connected with people who are even in the stage of life y'all are in. We live close to people who walk, you know, have kids and um, are walking through that journey of life. And just by watching that, just by being around that, you see some things that just like, whoa, like, you know, I need to remember that. Or, yeah. I, or you see some thing that says, oh, I need to forget that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I would say you that. guys travel a lot, right? We do. No, you're good. Yeah, we do travel a lot. Yeah, I saw some of your pictures. I was like, oh, I am a little jealous. I wish we would have taken more time to travel before we had all these kids. Well, I'm the boring guy who doesn't really like to travel. You used to not like to travel. You like to travel now. A little bit, yeah. He's boring. I am. Well, so let me address what, what you said. It's, it's really interesting. Like, So if you want to be wealthy, you hang out with wealthy people, right? If you want if you want to have a good relationship, you hang out with people with a good relationship. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the what does uh, JLD say? He says he says the the uh, the average of the five people that you spend the most time with is you know what what you become, right? And so um, and so I think that's awesome that you guys are doing that because a lot of people in your stage are just like, oh shoot, no kids, I'm just going to enjoy it, I'm going to just live my life, and yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'm going to go crazy, right? Yeah, you got to have both. I mean, we definitely do, you know, do the time where we are just going to go out. We're going to go see oh, the great. parts of the country. But, you know, without the other side, you're going to get hit in the face when life comes, you know. We can attest to that. We, sure we lived downtown Cincinnati. We had a cool little, little apartment. We both worked like cool jobs and we did not have that community at the time to help us work through how we needed to prepare, not just to be parents, but just to even have a, a positive marriage because, you know, everybody tells you, okay, make sure you communicate, make sure you connect. But we didn't know what that looked like because we're like, well, we live together. So obviously like we talk, but yeah. we, didn't, we didn't, we did not know. We did not take that time to really become a team and invest in ourselves and surround ourselves with people in the next stage who could kind of guide us. So babies one and two hit us like a ton of bricks. And to be frank, I mean, we've talked about it on here before. I mean, we almost, we were close to not being together after our second child because we just weren't, Wow. we were, I think we were ready for the kids. Like we definitely always have put it in God's hands on when we have children. Um, and so here we are number four coming right around the bend, but, right. um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's good, and uh, that's the advice I would have given if you said you weren't doing it. So, uh, well, that's good. We're on the right track. Yeah, you guys are on the right track in getting that fun stuff like traveling, getting that done now because oh, kids are right. really hard to travel My with. Buddy, all the spontaneity of life will just be zapped. Don't be zapped. Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> it's true, man. You want to go out to eat? Like it better be next door. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Oh, well, you could go. You just, you know, by the time you just be a couple hours, couple, couple blowouts, couple, uh, you know. Yeah, our first couple of like times that. of going out to eat with our first baby, we're like, whoa, we were on track to leave an hour ago, and now we've had to give a bath and another feeding, and mm -hmm. it's chaos. Yeah. It's it's chaos. Alarm, but alarm, we're waiting another year. Yeah, <laughs> one more year. There we're always go. people's good birth control because we've got always. crazy chaos. I mean, we've got three kids, four and under, so. It's um never a dull moment around here. Oh, it's nuts, man. I understand. It's nuts. 
Cool. Yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, we jumped all over the place, but I thought I wanted to get perspective because not everybody who listens yeah. necessarily has kids or as many kids as us or yeah. whatever. I just, uh, that's, that's what I would say. Just invest in each other. And like you said it well, John, I think that I, in a way I didn't think of it, like just focus on teaming up. How good of a team can you become? You have to. It's gonna, that's going to serve you well when the kids come on. You mm -hmm. well, and, have and to. Listen, I'll, I'll give that husband advice. I'll I'll give some husband advice. I really think that what it comes down to when you have kids is like there is a piece of you that has to die to yourself because we grow up and it's like, okay, I'm going to school and I'm doing this and I'm going to get this degree and then I'm going to find so-and-so because like I'm looking for happiness in my life. And then when you have kids, it's just like things flip upside down, but you still have to have that balance like we talk about of, you know, you've got to have self-care. You've got to have enough in your cup to pour out on your spouse, to pour out on your family. Uh, so you can't just invest everything into your kids and have nothing for yourself, yeah. but you do have to die to yourself in certain areas of your life. Otherwise, you're not going to be the parent you hoped you would be, and you're not going to be the spouse you hoped you'd be. Yeah, dude, I'm so thankful you shared that. I needed, I needed to hear that for the future. <laughs> well, <laughs> Chris can tell you, we got married. He was 23, right? Oh, yeah. 23, mm -hmm. and he was still selfish with his time and with his what he wanted to do. It, like, And I was in the mindset like, okay, we get married, we become one. We're going to be one immediately, and that's what life looks like. And it did not <laughs> Nope. And even when our baby came, he's just kind of like, okay, like he said it before, you're, you were still pretty selfish. So you you have to, if you become a team beforehand and you are, and you know that that's going to be your best shot at not just a successful marriage, but being successful parents, I mean, you're going to set yourself up ahead of ahead of the rest for real. And for, for those listening who maybe feel like, oh, well, I'm already a parent and I feel like I missed that boat. It's never too late because, like Jonna said, I mean, the first few years, uh, I, I mean, I'm still a jerk for sure, but like, I definitely was far more selfish, and now I've realized, like, wow, well, shoot, if I if I want to be a better parent and a better, better husband, there are there's some areas of my life that have got to die. Well, so. I just told you I didn't make these babies on my own, so that's true. It is, it is, and and. I think we had too much coffee. We might have. <laughs> and, um, you know, so many people out there don't realize that our marriages, actually, I saw this quote the other day and I can't steal it as my own, but it said, your marriage is the gospel you're preaching to your children because that's what they're going to grow up, like knowing that that's what a marriage looks yeah. like. So if we wouldn't, you know, I try to think of it sometimes if I wouldn't want my daughters to speak to their future spouse or have the relationship that we have, then why would I act in that way? You know what I mean? Or like same with Chris, like if, if, if our girls are going to look for a husband like him, like he better show up. Yeah. So that's, where even, like, that's where even like legacy begins because you know, what your kids see is what they're going to exhibit them which is in turn going to be what their kids see, which is, yes. you know, and that's just, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure on them. Shoulders. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, man. Absolutely. We got a lot of kids here that we got to hope that they're going to. Yeah. Well, I always tell John, there's enough a-holes in the world. Like let's actually raise some good kids here, you know? So, <laughs> but that reflects our, our behavior. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you're dead right, dude. They, they pick up everything. I was doing a workout this morning in the backyard and, and uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, and 
like I come inside and like my little my little two year old has a resistance band trying to do what I was doing and like our our oldest is running around the living room like okay I'm gonna do squats now my knees and burpees and she does she was watching him out the window she's like dad's running now he squats push ups squats push ups (laughs) and then she in turn wants to do that so that's okay one more unsolicited piece of advice is yeah here we are they're going to and you've probably have learned this because um, of your own father it sounds like they're going to emulate you much more than they're going to listen to what you tell them. I noticed that they soak in so much of what we do. So like, I'm not proud of it, but there's, you know, there's times where I get really overwhelmed and I'll yell at our oldest. And then I hear her yelling at her little sister in the exact same tone with the exact same words. And I'm like, crap, like that's what I sound like. That breaks my heart. But then on the positive side, if I'm getting up and working out and I'm doing things to like make myself healthy, I see them doing that. So I don't know. It's just really, it's really important that you show them more than you tell them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Like do as I do. Right now. Yes, it, it, <laughs> it's, I've seen it. I've seen it in action because I can tell them, preach at them till I'm blue in the face about things. I mean, they're still little, but, yeah. but if they see me doing things, then they're much more inclined to do it. Right, right, right. right. All right, man. We have... Covered All some ground. Over the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know you were going to also get uh, coached on here, right? Yeah. You thought you were just coming to tell your story. I'll take it however I can get it. We'll, s- we'll send you the bill in the mail. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll put it up a little bit. All right, Chris, ask your famous last question. Well, you already asked him before that. No, I didn't. Is there anything that you wish we would have asked you that we didn't ask you? Oh, man. I know. You like that one? Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> not off the top of my head. Nope. Off the top of your head. Okay, okay. Well, then, what about people who are going to want to know where can they find your book? Where they can can they find you? Yeah. Um, if you want to follow along with the journey, um, I do have Instagram and Facebook, and I have a website. My my name's Colin Edwards with one L, C O L I N. You would be so surprised at how many people put two L. Oh yeah. Oh, right. I'm sure. So uh, that's Colin you- with one. Yeah, and then um, my website is colinedwards.co, and you can find it. I have a link on there that'll take you to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and then my publisher site as well, where you can find it. So, yeah, awesome. so we highly recommend. Is it called the Spoken Truth? It's uh, it's a spoken word. Yeah. Oh, close enough, right? So the, the spoken word. Yeah, we'll share that video because oh, it's impressive. Super powerful. powerful. I was gonna put you on the spot and be like, go. <laughs> see, see if you can do it. All. That'll be another six <laughs> minutes, Chris. Pretty far, but they'll have to go watch it for themselves. Right. Right. Okay. Deal. That's awesome, and um. Yeah, I think that's good. I just wanted to add to tell you, did you know Lola said his wife, Lauren, looks like a princess? Oh, wow. Look at that. She that did. Brownie she saw, points. I work in the and she's four years older than me. You know, it is what it is. Oh, nice. Oh, look, man. see, he got himself an older woman, too. She did. She straight robbed that cradle, man. Okay, another piece of unsolicited advice. Don't call out her age all the time. Chris calls Always. out my age all the time because he's still 29 oh, and I'm dude. 31. He's oh, been there and there pointing at me like, listen yep. to her. Yeah, you listen to me. Don't call out her age all the time. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, man. Pre-30, we get to brag about that. You get to brag about it for four years. I get to brag about it for two. So, I mean, I'm 29 right now. So, I am am super close to... uh, to uh, yeah. that milestone of 30, and well, I always throw it in their face. That only means I have two years left. Does that mean I revealed her age just now? Oh, <laughs> well. It's okay. It Lauren, I feel you. You get them younger so you can train them up the way you want them. Oh, uh, she said that's right. <laughs> that's right. See, her and I are going to be friends. We're going to come down to Alabama sometime. Come on. We got a place for you. 
All right. And all of our kids. Yes, birth control. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Colin. I really appreciate you sharing your story and being vulnerable and just speaking a little bit of truth to our people. You're welcome. I'm so thankful y'all have me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. And we will hope to uh, connect with you soon, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. I know we covered a ton today, but go ahead and share this with somebody who is just looking for a little bit of hope during a challenging season. Don't forget to subscribe to the show.